Welcome to the Onassis Air Conversations. My name is Mirto Katsimicha. I'm a curator and cultural worker based in Athens and your host in this series of recorded encounters with the participants of Onassis Air. Founded on the principles of learning and doing with others, Onassis Air is an international research residency program in Athens initiated by the Onassis Foundation in 2019. They say that what happens in one place stays in that place. I cannot find a better way to describe all the things that have been happening inside the Onassis Air House since I first entered as a participant of the Critical Practices program in fall 2019. The truth is, it is not easy to transmit an open-ended process of relationing which is very personal and relevant to a specific place and moment in time. How can I then give you a glimpse into that process? Everything starts with a conversation. Throughout this series, I'll be speaking with the Onassis Air participants to shed light on their artistic practices and needs, as well as to reflect on ways of being and working together. Today, I have the chance to speak with Marcela Menezes, Marcela is a social activist from Brazil with varied experiences in social movements, in academia and in the cultural field. Since 2009, she has co-founded and taken part in several collectives that pursue alternative economic, cultural and political practices through community engagement from the perspective of solidarity economy. Marcela is a participant of the School of Infinite Rehearsals Movement 7, with a collective research focus on the notion of community economies. Drawing from her own experience in community organizing, in this conversation we trace together the social roots of a solidarity economy by discussing how we build a common ground. Marcela, welcome to Palidum. Thank you, Mirto. I'm really glad to share this moment with you and the community of Onassis Air. Marcela, thank you so much for joining me today. I would like to start our conversation with uh, one of your favorite quotes uh, that you shared with us during the first weeks of the residency. And um, I chose this quote because I think it describes a lot uh, your practice and the way that you perceive your work. So the quote is, if I cannot dance, it's not my revolution. Well, I guess for me, it's really important to think uh, what in the end we really want to to achieve or to to have in our community practice and in our life and i guess this is about be happy and we need that as a human being as a person who is part of the community so i guess when we are thinking about revolution or change the society the structure of the economy i guess We are trying to find a way to have fun, to be happy. And because of that, it's really important to me to think how can we try to do things together to have a better life, but being happy at the same time. And also, as I told you before, like I'm part of a huge traditional and popular culture in Brazil And I guess everybody is in a in certain ways, but in this sense, 
uh, being part of a popular culture, like as capoeira, as carnival, as samba, um, it's important to realize better who I am and how I really want to, how and what I really want to be and what I want to my community. Like through this popular culture, we can connect with our ancestor, with our memories, without, with our identity. And we need to know who we are as a person and as, and as a community and what makes us happy to, to build the revolution. And just one more thing is that we have to feel part of something to, to, to build collectively something. Like we need to feel um, the happiness. We have to feel the, the other people around us. We have to feel our memories and our identity to build something different. And just makes sense to build this other society if we are happy, like dancing. When you um, did your presentation that day, you also um, danced a little bit. And um, what I hold from this moment was um, something that you said, that you said that before you arrive somewhere, uh, before we arrive somewhere, we have to excuse ourselves. And this also connected in the way that um, the dance is a way to link with your ancestors, the ancestral memory and the past. Yes, I guess it for us, and for me, it's really important to, to think about the future. We have to think about our past, about our memories. And also the way our ancestors like resist to the slavery system, to a lot of difficult realities teach us how to survive and how to live today and what we want to the future because before like the capitalism was not that organized and stuff and they had their that ways to produce food to share dances to to live well in a community with the environmental so we need to learn from them to think about our future and because of that, this excuse way to, to come, it's uh, a way to say that we are not alone in the, pre in the present. We have these ancestors with us, we have their memories, and this is important to us to keep forward. Thank you, Marcela. I would like to talk a little bit about your background. Uh, you studied public management and regional development, and you are currently working full-time as a public servant who specializes in public policy. At the same time, I know that you're actively involved in activism and grassroots organizing against poverty and human rights violation. And one could say this, that these two are two conflicting roles. So I would like to ask you, how do you balance these two aspects of your life? Well, um, when I studied public administration and this regional development and solidarity economy at the university, I was trying to find a way to, to think about projects, to think a professional way to contribute with the communities, with the society. 
And but then I realized that the state, this institutional um, organization like the state, is not enough to to structural change the society. So because of that, I was more. Um, I work hard in trying to to be in the other part, like as a social activist, for example. But it's not a huge conflict because as a public servant, I can really think a better way to promote, for example, human rights and to build, for example, agriculture system, like agroecology system to produce food or something like that. But also I know that when I'm there in the state, sometimes the state don't want to to put in practice what us as a servant want to uh, want to build so because of that i'm in the other part of this situation like i'm in the in my community trying to fight to struggle for more rights through the state so I guess in in this sense, I can help my community because I know how the state works. I, I know a little bit more about how to think of collective projects to aim some objective. But also, I believe that to get to achieve these rights, we need to struggle together as a community and not inside the state. So I guess this is the balance. At the moment, you are part of uh, two at least uh, collectives, Collectivo Justinopolis, where you practice solidarity economy on the grounds, and Collectivo Balayo that is more focused towards active citizenship. In both initiatives, art and creativity play a huge role uh, as a vehicle for achieving social change. And I was wondering whether you could speak a little bit about the process and the change that you're trying to manifest together in the collectives. Well, about the process, um, we live, we share the same neighborhoods, the same city, the same communities, and we try to find a place, not a physical place, but a place to to meet each other and and to dance, to to have fun, but also to survive together because we live in a really hard um, reality with lots of people sometimes don't have money to pay the bills, don't have house or food. Um, so we try to, to organize a community to support each other, to support ourselves, but through art, because it's important to us to express ourselves and to and to understand who we we are and i guess art and culture is important to that like it's not enough to for example to share foods between ourselves it's important to think why we don't have enough food why we don't have enough money why we are women in this position in the society so through art, we can think about our identity and also support each other, but with more consciousness. Um, I guess what we are trying to manifest together 
what chains we are trying to build. It's about this cultural way to live as a society. But this is too long-term, let's say. And today we need to eat. We need to wear clothes. We need to, you know, to have a house to to live. So we try to to do this thing in the short term, like in the present. We share um, resources between ourselves, but also achieving these long-term changes. Can you talk a little bit about your local context? I remember you were telling us before that in your city, there are no public spaces where people can meet. It's a city that people just go back to sleep. So give us a little bit of context. Yes, I live in a city near Belo Horizonte, who is the, which is the third economy in Brazil. Uh, it calls Ribeirão das Neves. And it's a city where we have like 75% of black people, of workers, that goes to the capital to work and go back to sleep. Of course, we have a lot of um, cultural producers. We have a lot of popular culture because people are people there too. But it's really hard for us because we don't have time to spend between ourselves sometimes. We go to work like at 4 a.m. and we go back at 8 p.m. because it's we don't have properly tr public transportation and also because we work hard and we are unpaid or we have low salaries. So we never have time. And also because of that, um, the city was not think was not organized to us to leave the city. So we don't have um, nice squares Uh, we don't have nice places to to go for a walk, to go with the kids, to to do a party, for example. And yeah, the, the outcome of this is a violent reality because people have to struggle between themselves to resources. And we have a lot of young people dying because of drugs market, like, And we have a lot of violence against women, um, yeah, and poverty and everything. And because of that, it's important to us to, to be together, to struggle against this reality. But we want to do that with beauty, you know. And Colectivo Justinopolis is actually a women's collective. Mm -hmm. So how did it form and uh, what are you doing uh, in this collective? Well, we realized that we need to to raise money, like to generate income between ourselves, because this would be the first step to to build something together. Because without rent, without without income, uh, you cannot go anywhere, and you don't want to. So, first of all, we realized that it's impossible to build a community without uh, people having money to to pay their bills, to buy food and etc. So we try to think that what people here, especially the women, what do we produce? What 
can we do to generate income between ourselves? And then we realized that people were doing or producing crafts and arts too. And in, in Brazil and in Latin America, this concept of solidarity economy is really um, strong. We have a lot of networking um, forums, conferences, and struggles about this eco solidarity economy. And we thought that could be nice for us to try to generate income through a solidarity economy. We had this um, church service that women went to there to learn how to produce, how to do crafts. And then we invite this these women to have a kind of workshop about solidarity economy. And we try to share Experience, other experiences around us, uh, around good experiences in solidarity economy in other cities, in other states, to show them and to, to show us that maybe it would be good for us to achieve this way to generate income. And then we start to do local markets, uh, fairs, um, also exhibitions, and this were really nice for them because, as they said, like they they feel they felt themselves more valuable, like they know how to do something and someone value what they produce, and so it was not more about just income. It was about um, evaluate like self evaluation, self esteem, and because of that. Um, we feel more healthy between ourselves because we can share our experiences in our home, in our families. We can share our, uh, the way we are suffering because we don't have access to to a doctor and whatever. And also we try to support each other and also we try to generate income and we do everything together now. Like we try to produce, to buy the stuff we need to to produce the crafts and also we sell together and we do workshops to to share skills and i guess it's been really interesting because it's not just about income anymore but income is something it's about um share space share skills and learn together and feel part of a community how many uh, women are involved in uh, in this collective? It's around like 50 women. And because we are involved with other collectives in solidarity economy in, in the territory, and sometimes one person comes to us to participate of the local market, but it's part of the other collective. And sometimes we think it's part of our collective too, but it's like around 50 women. From what you said... Uh uh, independence is also a key element in in this process. How women feel that they can stand on their own feet and do their own things and uh, have this self awareness and self determination that they can create something together. So I think it's uh, very important in any context, not mm -hmm. only in Brazil. Um, but at the same time, in a collective, I guess that there are also many many challenges that uh, you face. So I'm curious to know what are the main challenges that you encounter you know, through your participation in collectives? Well, um, it's really difficult in this individualistic system, society, 
to share and to try to think collectively, to think and to act and to be in a collective. So we have all the time this tension between the individual interest and the collective interest. Also, even if when we understand what is best to the collective, I have to put myself in the service to the collective. And sometimes people don't don't want to, or they are not. It's difficult to to understand this balance between the the individual interest and the collective ones. I guess this thing, it's this tension, is one of the most challenging thing, and also. Uh, about values. And I guess here in our collective research, we had a lot this kind of tension because we were different from different backgrounds for different realities and we had to build something together. But sometimes we had like mood swings <laughs> and we had like people struggling against personal stuff back home. So it's difficult to to understand and to to value the collective um, and to try to step back with our own in interested, you know. Yes, I think that uh, it is a constant negotiation between mm -hmm. the self and the other and a process that, you know, takes time to build these uh, shared values together. And I'm glad that you mentioned uh, your collective research because my next question has to do a lot with uh, um, your research as part of the School of Infinite Rehearsals and uh, also um, the term Community Economies that was the title of this movement group. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the, this question around the values and the principles of solidarity what, was also what you were interested to explore here. And uh, I would like to ask you, how did you uh, see your perception of community economies evolve through your participation in, uh, in the collective research? Well, I guess our collective understanding about community economy, it was something about negotiation, like how a community negotiate the values, share experiences, but um, create their own system of values, what is important, what is not, what's our rules, how we want to, to keep moving on, uh, how, how is our relationship with outside institutions, where the, camp, the money came from. Uh, this is community economies to organize this, this thing. My concept about community economy is that, like how we organize things, but we want to organize ourselves through affective like we are in the community because we like each other, because we care about each other. And we discuss a lot this kind of things here in our collective research. But also we want to be autonomy in our decisions. And I guess autonomy has to do about what we decide and not just about where the money came from, how 
how we get funded to do what we do, but also trying to to make our our lives better and also in harmony with the nature. So in your group, you tried to define this uh, term and you actually separated and started looking uh, at the term um, from the perspective of what the community is and how the community is formed and then uh, what is economy and how do we perceive economy. What were your findings um, throughout this process? Well, for me, I had more certain like that community is a group of people who care about each other and who want to to share lives, values, interests, to go to somewhere together. I guess community is about um, it's about share to to go to a better spot, you know, a better place. Sometimes you are, you don't um, choose to be part of some community. Sometimes you are there. But also, you just can say that you are a community if you are there and if you are trying to build something together to, to get a better life together for everybody in the community. And yeah, an economy... I guess it's how we manage our resources. Uh, and resources could be what uh, what skill can I, I can share with people or also material resources and also uh, how we do this exchange between the, the community. And we discuss a lot about, for example, currencies and... We discuss about gift economy, about exchange system of of market, like something like that. We had the, the opportunity to discuss about Quilombo. And like the economy we want to build is this one that we don't concentrate everything in some people and the other ones are like without nothing or living in a bad situation. How can we share more how can we uh how can we build this sense of justice equality in many sense of equality to organize the resources we have to get more resources and also to do this in a sustainable way Marcela, you also actually brought a very concrete example of a community economy uh, to the group by introducing us to some members of a quilombo in Brazil. And for me, what was really interesting about uh, the way that this community organizes itself is the fact that um, it is highly based upon ancestral memories that we talked about before and how the past informs the present. How did you decide to invite uh, this collect them into your collective thinking, and what were the most interesting finds for you as a group? Well, when we decide to to share um, small conferences like workshops, uh, I was trying to think how could I um, who, how could I contribute with the group with my sense of community, my sense of community economies, through what we were already discussing. Like we were discussing autonomy, currencies, 
uh, effective, popular culture, um, sustainability. We were discussing this thing. And then what uh, could I, as Marcela, share? What is my background or what, I, what are my references in this um, in this meanings. I remember that I start to be an activist and to do what I do because people did that before. And which people? I was thinking. And I remember that the Quilombos, for example, is a great reference for us in Brazil. They share communities in an interesting way, like with harmony with the environmental and between themselves and they do that with low resources with they don't need too much to do what they do and they are there for like 300 years so this is our references so i would like to, i i invite this friend of mine who is a quilombola to bring us what they are like what they value what's important to them how did uh, the Quilombo start it in Brazil? Well, uh, we had this horrible uh, past of slavery system. And yeah, we have the colonization who forced people from Africa to go to Brazil, like different areas of Africa, different nations. Um, and... It was a horrible memory we have, the slavery system. But these people who were enslaved, they they struggled a lot against this system. And some of them run out the farms they were and try to find places to to build another system, to build community without this um out of this slavery system. And they start to do that and to receive people from other farms to other places around the country. And I'm sure that was a huge challenge because like the Quilombos receive people from all over of Brazil and the black people who were there were really different. They spoke different languages. They had different religions. They were from different places in Africa. But they did because they had something bigger, I guess, to put them together. And so it started like three, four hundred ago. And in Brazil, we we had this uh, in eighteen eighty eight. The slavery system was over. Over. But after that, it was just a symbolic gesture because after that, we didn't change our structure. Like black people, they didn't have access, access to land, to jobs, to anything. And then Brazil started to invite white people from Europe to work instead the the black people. So... Nowadays, like more a, a little bit more than a hundred years, we have this huge structural racism in Brazil, and Quilombos are still um, 
a spot, a references to inspire us because of that, because they are there. They are struggling against the huge racism system in Brazil. And also, we have this recent policy to, to self-determination about the Columbus. So people who are living in the city, sometimes they, they realize they, in a collective way with the black social movement in Brazil, they realize that their parents were enslaved and they, they live nowadays, but they have these references, this memory, this way to, to share the neighborhood, to share the community, so they can self-determinate themselves as a quilombola, as a reminiscent quilombola. So we have this experience of um, quilombos who are far away from the cities, but we have urban quilombos too. In my city, we have one. Quilombo is a huge reference for me, but I cannot speak for them, you know? In, so it was really important to bring... Vandeli, but what I'm saying here is about what I perceive and how Quilombos affect my practices, so just that. And what is the element that uh, brings people together in a Quilombo? Is it uh, like family ties or um, the land? Uh, I guess it's memory, ancestrality, um, shared culture aspects, more than material aspects like they use it to share spaces to share a community and they keep doing that and Vandeli told us a lot about it like they all the time they are discussing with the youth with the kids about how their grand grand grandmother used it to live so they learn from the past and they keep sharing the present and thinking about the future through these memories. I guess this is what maintains people together in the Quilombo. I'm also interested a lot in the scale of the Quilombo because I think scale has also been part of uh, your um, thinking process here. So how many people are part of uh, a Quilombo usually? A Quilombo can be a community f uh, to like five families, for example, like 30 people, or also we have huge Columbus with like more, almost a thousand people, like kind of, for example, 200 families and something like that. Well, Marcela, thank you very much for bringing uh, a piece of Brazil here in Athens. I'm also interested to know, because this was your first time here, did you witness any interesting examples of community economies? Uh, yes, we went to Thessaloniki and we knew like the Kitten Garden experience and also Eteriotopia. And I guess we also talked a lot about experiences to people who share food in the city. I, I've never had this experience to think about refugees before. This was really important to me how we have people who are forced to go out their countries, their culture, their identities, to try to make, to, to survive in another country and how this country receive you. I guess this was part of 
the, my experience in this collective project too. In Brazil, we don't have, in my place, we have a lot of refugees, for example, for Haiti and stuff, but uh, from Bolivia, from, but in my, around me, um, it's not that strong as is here. And to think about build an economy with this issue of the refugees is really, it was really challenging, I guess. But it was nice. I, I guess I, I learned about this. Uh, I thought about this identity issue, about where we belong, where we want to go back. And now you're about to go back to Brazil. And before we close uh, our discussion today, I wanted to ask you, what are you taking back with you? What was uh, the, um, the most interesting aspect of your experience here at the residency? And how, how are you arriving back? Well, first of all, uh, it's been so strong, this sense of how it's important what we are doing there. Because sometimes you are inside the struggles, you're inside the, the cultural producers, you're doing festivals and exhibitions and stuff, but it's difficult to, to realize what it means because we are there, we are inside it. So this opportunity to came out a bit, to step back, like, and to stay out of my community was really important to, to really value what we are doing there. Uh, also to value other experiences we shared here. It's interesting how we can understand better who we, we are, even we, if you are away of your place. This was really interesting. And also, um, I really want to think about how to, to share this opportunity with more members of my community to know other places, to know other cultures, because so they can come back as I'm going to do it, like with this experience to see uh, about how we perceive ourselves when we are out of our place. And I guess I will go back with a lot of questions, <laughs> not answers, uh, but nice questions as like, uh, what maintains our, what keep us together? Like, and also I have some answers like, we really care about each other, but how we can improve this care? How can we improve this affection way to be together? How can we value more ourselves as member of the community so we can do more strong things as a community, as a collective? Well, it's been a pleasure to share the room with you today. Thank you so much for sharing all this experience with me. It was uh, lovely talking with you, Marcela, and I hope that uh, you come back very, very soon. Thank you. I'm really happy because this is as, as an opportunity to organize the ideas we have. And I guess it's a huge material to share with um, Onassis community and also with my community in Brazil. So thank you, Mirta. Thank you for listening. If you want to listen to more conversations, please subscribe to our channel. You can find more about the Onassis Air Residency Program and each participant at www.onassis.org. This series is produced by Onassis Air. Thanks to Nikos Kolias, the sound designer of the series, 
and to Nikos Liberis for providing the original music intro theme. <laughs>